Welcome to God Mode, Living Life Undefeated. Join us each week as Pastor Chris delivers a message to encourage, challenge, and empower you to live life in God Mode. All messages can be listened to at www.godmode.life. Let's join today's message. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today to God Mode. I'm so excited as we're beginning this new talk, this kind of a new series called Staying Positive. And I really don't want to sound negative, but I'm getting sick and tired of all the negative talk going on in the world today. I mean, does anybody else feel that way? Like it's just getting almost overwhelming everywhere you look almost all the time. Anytime you turn on the news or read in the news app, And there's a lot of really difficult news. I mean, people are getting sick, people tragically dying, jobs are vanishing, the economy is struggling, the nation is divided. And it seems like the pervasive message in the world today is that this is the end of the world as we know it. And it's so easy to get stuck into the negativity and the fear and the anxiety that seems to overwhelm so many people. And if I could just be transparent with you, there are so many different times when I find myself more emotionally on edge. I find myself getting easily angered. I can find myself more easily discouraged. And I often just kind of wake up feeling like, can we ever rebuild this? I mean, can we ever go back to something that is meaningful? So what I am doing right now is I'm really, really asking God to help me see the good in the middle of all the bad. I'm fighting to keep a perspective of faith and a very positive attitude. To have an attitude of faith, to look for the good in the middle of the bad and believe that God is still on the throne, that he is still working and that he can be in this and with us and he's still for us. Stay positive, fighting for faith because a negative outlook never ever leads to a positive life. And what I want to do today is I want to show you why I am unshakably optimistic about the future. The title of today's message is Enough of the Bad News. So with that, let's kind of pray. Father, we thank you that your gospel is nothing but good news for lost and broken people. We pray, God, that your living word would build our faith to be optimistic about the future because you are good, loving, and a faithful God. Speak to our hearts, God, today that we would be different in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody listening today says, Amen. Let's talk about optimism. And what I want to do is I want to first tell you what optimism is not. So we can be very, very clear. And then I want to help try to define what optimism is. Let's start with what optimism is not. First of all, optimism is not a denial of reality. It's not putting your heads into the sand and acting like everything's okay, nothing's wrong. You have a positive attitude no matter what. Just deny the reality and and if we have a very significant challenges all over the world, we just kind of, it doesn't matter. We're just going to deny that. Optimism is not denial of reality. It's also not blind faith. It's not just naive, wishful thinking that everything's going to work out if we just don't do anything about it. It's not denial of reality. It's not blind faith. 
A definition online that I read, a very clear definition is this. Optimism is simply confidence about the future or a successful outcome. It's a confidence, believing that something good is coming, or an assurance, a belief that there's going to be a positive or successful outcome. What I want to do is I want to add some spiritual weight to a definition of optimism. This is my definition of what a faith-filled believer can be optimistic. Here's why. What is optimism? Optimism is the unwavering expectation that our loving God is working every situation for our future good. It's the unwavering expectation. It's an assurance deep within our souls that our loving God, he's involved, he's working in every situation for our future good. In fact, it was Paul who said the very thing to the Romans in Romans 8.28. He said, and we know that in all things, somebody wherever you are in the world say all things. It may be your impossible boss or your financial setback or your annoying in-laws. Now, don't nudge them if they're at your house listening to this, but you know what I'm talking about. It could be the challenging of home educating your kids or a painful breakup in all things. Our God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In other words, even in a negative situation, it still holds the potential to produce positive purpose. Because we, as faith-filled believers, can live with unwavering expectation that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. I'm incredibly optimistic. So what I want to do for a moment is I want to just kind of pause and I want you to think about what you think about. I want you to think about how you process your thoughts about the future. How do you see the future in your thought life? Because the reality is, if your thoughts are consumed with negativity and fear and worrying and anxiety, that's really, really bad news. Because what consumes your mind tends to control your life. Whatever you think about tends to direct your life. In other words, the life that you have is generally a reflection of the thoughts you think. Proverbs tells us this, that as a man or a person thinks in his heart, so he becomes. Your life is generally moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And so if you tend to think the world is always in trouble and you can't trust anyone and I hate my circumstances, you're probably not going to get to the end of that day and go, wow, this was the best day ever. If you wake up with a bad attitude and a bad perspective and a bad filter and you see everything through a pessimistic lens, what you think about tends to direct your life. What consumes your thoughts controls your life. And that's why the quality of your life will exceed the quality of your thoughts. What do you think about? This is one of the big problems with pessimism. Those who have a consistently, chronically negative attitude. Experts will tell us about pessimists. Pessimists tend to view negative events as both personal and permanent. That they're personal. In other words, it's my fault. This is happening to me because I'm bad. I'm no good. Nothing ever goes my way. I'm incapable. I'm unworthy of anything good. And then they tend to think that it's permanent. This is always going to be this way. 
I'm never going to have a good life. We're always going to struggle. Things are bad and they're only going to get worse. And before long, we start to live with a very real victim mentality. The economy's bad. I'll never get the job I wanted. The virus is unstoppable. We're never going to have to, we're always going to have to wear masks for the rest of our lives, everywhere we go all the time. The world is never going to be safe again. Here's what he has to recognize, that being content, being satisfied, being blessed, being optimistic, it isn't a state of affairs. It's a state of mind. What controls your mind controls your life. What consumes your thoughts? I want you to think about what you think about. What consumes your thoughts? Are your thoughts typically drifting towards faith in God and optimism and belief about his power and his goodness involved in your life? Or do you tend to drift towards the negative? I'm just concerned. I'm worried. The world is falling apart. If you move toward the negative, and if I can be honest with you, I have to fight for an attitude of faith because by nature, I tend to be a realist. I tend to be concerned. I tend to drift toward the negative. If, you know, if you find yourself there, what you want to do is you want to feed your faith and you want to starve the negativity. Feed your faith and starve your fears. Why? Because whatever you feed tends to grow and whatever you starve tends to die. What I want to do is I want to starve the wrong choices that rob me of any potential joy, and I want to feed the things that help me grow in faith. This doesn't mean I put my head in the sand, but for me, what I do to starve the fear is I, I don't watch the, the news 24 hours a day. Because if I did, I'd want to hop in a bathtub, fill it up, and make toast in the bathtub. I mean, it's just too much. And so what I do is I study the news, maybe a little bit here, 30 minutes there. I want to be aware of what's going on in the world, but no, not all day long. I've got to get the negative voices all around me out of my way. What I'm going to do is I'm going to distance myself from those who are only the world is falling apart type people. I'm going to distance myself from, and I'm starving my fears. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and feed the things that build my faith. And what I want to do is I want to show you exactly how I feed and build my faith. One of the most valuable things that I do is I take a rich portion of scripture and I try to get into the scripture so that the scripture gets into me. I don't just read through it, but I'm going to live in it. I'm going to focus on it. I'm going to meditate and I'm, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to let it work and start to renew my mind. So I'm going to give you an example. And since we're talking about Romans 8, 28, one of my favorite verses, the power of God that works in good things, I want to show you how I would go through Romans 8. And in order for me to feed my faith, I'll take a rich portion of scripture. And first of all, I want to understand the contents. I mean, not just reading it, but I want to know who wrote it, to whom it was written, why it was written, what's going on before the verses I'm reading. And so I know that the Apostle Paul was writing a very, very rich, meaty, weighty letter to the Romans. I know that, I know that Roman 8 comes after Romans 7. So I think about Romans 7. 
And in Romans 7, I love Romans 7 because Paul was totally a mess. And it makes me feel better about me whenever someone who's spiritual is like just losing it. It makes me feel better whenever I'm losing it. And in Romans 7, he's going on this rant like, I don't understand myself. To put it in modern day language, he's kind of saying, I'm just a screw up. The things that I want to do, I don't do them. The things that I like, I know I don't want to do, I end up doing those. I'm such a mess. And then he shifts in Romans 8, and it's almost like he's taken himself out of his negativity and his dysfunction and his sinfulness. In the very beginning, he says, Therefore now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ, there is no judgment for your sins. Your sins have been forgiven. And he makes this hard turn, and he starts to renew his mind. He talks about the mind that's on the flesh, that the things about the things of the flesh, but the mind that is on the spirit lives for the things of the spirit. He says, if you are led by the spirit, you're children of God. If you're focusing on the spirit, your mind will be at peace. And then I might just land in a portion of text like Romans 8.18 where this is what Paul says. He says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. And I'm just going to stop there and just read it and read that and let it read me to feel it. When he says, I consider that our present sufferings, all the things that we hate, that we're enduring, that are so incredibly painful, our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So I remind myself, okay, the Apostle Paul wrote this. How did he suffer? Well, he was imprisoned multiple times. That's kind of worse than what I'm going through right now. Five times he was beaten with 40 lashes. I mean, that's pretty, pretty bad. Three times he was beaten with rods. He was stoned, and it wasn't for entertainment purposes. I just felt like I should say that. I don't know why, but I mean, he was not. Rocks were thrown at him. He was shipwrecked. He spent the night out at sea. I would hate that. Hanging on to a log for his life or for whatever. I mean, he was betrayed. He was beaten. This guy was left for dead on the side of the road. He didn't even look like he was alive. And this is the guy who said, our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that is to come. I let that feed my faith. Our present sufferings aren't worth comparing to the glory that is to come. So I ask you, where are you hurting right now? What have you lost? Where are you experiencing a hardship that deeply grieves your soul? I know that so many of you are, you're facing job loss right now, that there's real suffering Some of you are worried that you're sick and some of you would be sick or have relatives that are. Some are battling diseases like cancer and such. I mean, some have relational challenges right now in their marriage or with your kids. Or you have a friend betray you or you're just dealing with the inconveniences of just how do I do at home when the kids are crawling over me? I mean, whatever it is, what I do is I tell myself, As I'm reading this, 
what scripture teaches me essentially is the struggle I'm in today is producing the strength I need for tomorrow. It's not even worth comparing. This momentary trial, this momentary struggle is not even worth comparing to God's future blessings and the glory that will be revealed in us. I've got unwavering expectation that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. So I starve my fears and I feed my faith. I let God's word start to renew my mind because my life is always moving in the direction of my strongest thoughts. So I read on and I get into Romans 8, 26 and I stop there. Paul said, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses. I need that. It's really good news. It's good news for me. It would be good news for some of you right now because I'm feeling incredibly sometimes incapable of even thinking about this, even about this podcast. What's the right message at the right time for the right spiritual response? And I'm second guessing myself right and left and don't prepare it at all for any, a lot of this. And then I tell myself, He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. His spirit helps me when I'm weak, when I'm broken. His spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, dwells within me, and I feed my faith. For those of you who are feeling weak, you feel overwhelmed, you're discouraged, you feel like you can't take it anymore, people will tell you, well, God helps those who help themselves. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says God helps those who need help. He helps those who are weak. He helps those who are broken. He helps those who are crying out to him. He helps you when you are weak. So if you're hurting right now, who is God? He is your comfort. If you're confused, he is your guide. If you find yourself discouraged, he is your hope. If you're anxious, he is your peace. If you're weak, our God is your strength. So I feed my faith. I starve my fears. I feed my faith. Then I go to Romans 8, 28, and I just let it sink in. We know that in all things, all things, all things, all things, in the good things and in the bad things, in the days that I love and the days that I endure and in the heartbreaks, the inconveniences, in all things. God works for the good of those you love, who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. He is that good. I mean, he's that good. He's that involved. He's working in the middle of the situation, going behind the scenes, wherever your enemy means for something evil, our God, he can still use it for good. That's how faithful our God is. You may not see him, but he's always there. He never leaves. He's always good, and he's always for you. And I'm reminded of the goodness of God. So often people will say things like this. Here's the key to happiness. You want to be happy? You want to be fulfilled? Lower your expectations. Don't expect anything good. Then you're going to be never going to be disappointed. I mean, if you lower your expectations and believe only bad things are going to happen, then you're not going to be crushed when they do happen. I would tell you this, as followers of Christ, don't lower your expectations. Raise your expectations in the goodness 
the faithfulness and the power of our God. So many people say, I just want life to get back to normal. You know what? I've got more faith than that. I've got faith in God that we can go back to something better than normal, that he can do something in us. I may not like what I'm going through, but I appreciate what God will produce out of this present pain. God is working in all things to bring about good. I believe by faith that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ever ask or imagine, according to his power. I'm believing that going through this, there are going to be some of you, you're going to come out on the other side, and your marriage is going to be stronger. I'm optimistic that some of you, your families will be closer, that your love is going to be deeper for one another, and that your generosity is going to become greater that there are Christians who are going to become bolder in their faith, that the light of the church will shine brighter, and that the harvest is going to be bigger because we lift up the name of Jesus. I'm optimistic in the goodness and the faithfulness of God. His church always prevails. His word is always true. His presence never leaves us. He never, ever forsakes us. And so I feed my faith and I starve my fears. And I read in Romans 8, 38 through 39, when Paul says, For I am convinced there is an unshakable assurance. With everything in my soul, I believe this to be true. For I am completely convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus the Lord. You know, I will tell myself, no matter where I go, my God is there. No matter what I do, my God loves me. No matter what happens to me, my God is for me. And that's why I have this unwavering expectation that our loving God is working in every situation for our future good. Enough of the bad news. Did you hear me? Enough of the bad news. Let's acknowledge it. We've got some problems, and we have a bigger God. We have a bigger God. Come on, say it one more time. We have a bigger God, a God whom all things are possible. So rather than be consumed by fear and anxiety, I'm going to believe that our present struggles are not even worth comparing to the future glory of what God is doing in us and through us. Whenever I'm discouraged and weak, I remind myself his spirit, his spirit is perfect. In my weakness, his strength is perfect. He's working in all things to bring, I may not see him, but he's still present and he's still good. And even when our enemy means something for evil, our God can turn it into good. Because there's nothing, not disease, not sickness, not any fear that can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I know that what consumes my mind controls my life. My life is almost always moving in the direction of my strongest thoughts. That the life I have is a reflection of the thoughts that I think. My God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So I starve my fears and I feed my faith and I lift my hands and I tell you I have an unwavering confidence that a very good, very involved, 
very loving God is working in every situation in your life right now to bring about the future good. And it's all for his glory because that's how good our God is. So Father, today I pray that because of the truth of your word, that you would build our faith. God, to stay positive, to be optimistic. God, not because of what we see, but because of what you say. God, renew our minds with the truth that would change our perspectives, that we could reflect your goodness in all that we do. God, that we could focus on your goodness, your power, your presence, knowing that our present sufferings, God, are not worth comparing to what you're going to do in us and through us in this life and in eternity, that you would be glory. God, build our faith. Help us to stay positive. Help us to be optimistic. Not putting our faith in our desired income, God, but putting our faith completely in you and your amazing goodness. Can we all just say amen? I thank you so much. I hope today that you're encouraged. I hope today that you would speak into your faith and starve your fear today. I really believe that God wants us to stay positive, and we're going to look at that over the next few weeks. God bless you. We will see you next week. Have an amazing time in Jesus. The journey is worth it. Thank you for listening to today's message. You can hear all of Pastor Chris's messages at www.godmode.life. Join us next week as we continue on in this series. Please leave a review of this podcast at podchaser.com.